the kingdom belongs to his sheep and your life is in the hands of a God who never sleeps fear not little lamb for the kingdom belongs to his sheep and your life is in the hands of a God who Welcome back to Tending Lambs. I'm Katie. I'm Abby. And I'm Sam. And today we are talking about disrespect. We're going to cover triggers and what to do when we are triggered by our children's uh, unkind words and other things along this line. So hopefully this one's a really helpful one for you guys. I think probably the most important thing is being able to determine if something is actually unkind or disrespectful and what the motivation is and not assigning motives, especially when you have, especially when you have a child that is kind of just learning their way around the world and, you know, the language and just calling things out for what they are and what they think they are and stuff. So I think that's a really good place to start, actually, because that's one of the biggest issues that I see when people talk about disrespect from their kids. And it's, so often just it's not disrespect it's just a kid being a kid you know calling something out for the way they see it or being frustrated and not having it you know the adult tools to cope with that frustration you know it's just you know even saying something like no so many people take that as disrespect even an angry no you know, they take that as disrespect. And that's not necessarily the case. I mean, depending on the age and the kind of tone and the feeling around what's going on, you know, it's often just a statement of what they do or do not want. You know, it's, it, it doesn't have to be interpreted as disrespect. Yeah, it's not necessarily a challenge to your authority. And I mean, I guess it kind of can be like when a two-year-old doesn't like that you have the authority over them and they're trying to buck up against it and say no, but that's them testing a boundary in a really developmentally appropriate way. Yeah, it's not an actual threat to your authority in any real sense. No, and actually it's it's kind of interesting when kids do that, when Calvin does that, or when any of the students that I have worked with have done that. I know it's going to be coming from, or it is coming from a place of yeah, it's just testing the waters, testing the boundaries, what's going on here, because they know you're the authority. And when you see a kid doing something that is seemingly disrespectful, they're kind of deliberately pushing a boundary and then smiling about it. (laughs) Uh, You know, that kind of stuff. It's super, super triggering. At least it is for me. And I know it is for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you can take a step back and look at it, for what it is and it's usually coming from a place of discomfort and with what's going going on here you know where where am i going to get my footing Uh, it makes a lot more sense and it can be a lot less triggering Mm -hmm. yeah i think janet lansbury really hits the nail on the head with this one because you know whether it's perceived disrespectful behavior or truly you know disrespectful behavior from our kids The great thing about gentle parenting is we handle it the same way in both instances. 
So you don't really even have to <laughs> be good at discerning which one it is because you just are consistent in both instances. And what I mean by that is um, as a gentle parent, you realize that in the moment that your child is saying these things, and let's be honest, when any of us are saying things like this, we are not literally in our right mind. We are acting out of our amygdala. <laughs> it's firing up. We're in our lower reptilian brain and we can't be reasoned with and neither can our toddlers, especially our toddlers or young children. You know, a lot of children don't have regulation emotionally until, you know, as old as five to 10 years old is, is really when it rapidly develops. So you just handle it the same way. You empathize with them without, while still maintaining boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things for me that was a really big one when I worked with the older kids in school was realizing that I didn't have to control their respect or disrespect, that mm -hmm. I didn't have to punish them for, you know, any disrespect or perceived disrespect that truthfully I could just walk away in most cases, you know, unless something dangerous was happening or something like very, you know, not good was going on. But most of the time I could just move, move on. I could go do something else with another kid. I could go, you know, if I'm at home now, I don't have older kids, but um, if I were at home, I could go, you know, do a chore or, um, you know, whatever. And that you don't have to stay and be present for that kind of disrespect. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, a legitimate option. You know, we don't have to be in it yeah. all the time. You don't have to feel like you need to fix the feeling. Because, um, oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, you can't, especially if someone's kind of having a bit of an adrenaline dump because they're angry or frustrated or what have you. And so sometimes leaving the space is really the best thing to do as long as everyone is safe and you're not just obviously like, I can't deal with you right now. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> yeah. As long as you're not being disrespectful in the way right. you've, yeah, <laughs> like, you're not saying something rude or unkind and like, you know, completely shutting off yourself. And, you know, there's a difference between, I'm going to go wash the dishes and let you cool off. And I'm, I'm right there when you want to talk to me respectfully. Mm -hmm. We can chat all you want. Um, there's a difference between that and saying. That deletion. Yeah. And just walking away and ignoring. And then even when they come back, you know, still ignoring. That's, yeah, that's not, that's very unkind. Yeah. One of the things that I in favor of, and I think you guys probably are too, is not shielding children from relational infractions. I think mm -hmm. they're one of the best natural consequences out there. <laughs> um, and so I don't have an issue at all with telling a child after the fact when you're discussing what happened that what they said hurt your feelings and things like that. And not, not in a sense that you felt threatened um, by their behavior, but just being honest with them and telling them that when they say that they hate you or what have you, it does hurt your feelings. Um, and not that they made you feel that way, but um, yeah, I think it's important for children to know that their words have impact. We try to phrase it over here. Um, I can't remember if it was from Janet Lansbury, but maybe not. Um, but an emphasis on saying my feelings were hurt when you did that and 
I don't know how important that is for everybody else, but I feel like it helps me to take responsibility for my feelings without accidentally um, putting kind of extra responsibility on a small child who really didn't intend to fracture the relationship by doing something and needs to understand that there are consequences, but just kind of without shame. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I find the, you made me feel this way. Um, unhelpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so with Cornet, actually, like one of the things that I really try to be conscious about, um, is if my feelings have been hurt, saying, um, you know, when you do this, it feels like this. Right. And not saying you did this to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm saying like, I'm feeling this way and more presenting it in a like, I'm having a hard time. I'd like to find a solution. I'd like to understand why you did this, what, you know, what was going on instead of just being super accusatory and just like, you know, shutting down the whole thing by being like really aggressive in return. And it can just sound aggressive. It doesn't even, because if you say you hurt my feelings or you made me feel this way, I mean, I know if I'm already struggling with, with somebody, then hearing you did this, I'm going to be like, I did what now? (laughs) That's what you're going to focus on is the you. Well, Mm -hmm. and it's also not just like when you say something like you hurt my feelings, it's even, it's into the specific action. You, You could say, um, if I feel disrespected and I say, you disrespected me, mm-hmm. instead of just saying, when you talk like this, I feel disrespected and let's go over, you know, why maybe some ways that we could communicate better and not just assuming <laughs> that the other person is disrespecting you. Mm-hmm. It could be trauma, you know, caused by trauma in your past. It could be caused by someone who previously was disrespectful to you in a certain way and something came up and it triggered you and you were already in that zone, you know, it's not always the other person's fault that you are feeling the way you're feeling in the moment. Mm -hmm. I can completely derail any hope of kind of having a conversation about the interaction. Um, Because if you say you hurt my feelings, then the conversation I've noticed at least um, can turn into, but I didn't mean to, and they really may not have meant to, but that becomes the focus. And in my experience, oftentimes an argument and it's happened with, I mean, with adults for me, with my kids, because especially with Weston who's seven, if his sister says, you did this to me, what he's going to come back with is like, I didn't mean to, or no, I didn't. And that's what the whole argument turns into. But when they've been able to say, I don't like when you do this or Mm -hmm. um, I like, it hurt me when this happened, then it just puts the emphasis on, on what actually occurred and how people feel about it and how you can, it gives way to reconciliation in my opinion. Well, that really that brings up something that I just am remembering right now, but I think about it sometimes that uh, my mom used to say to me all the time when I would say, but I didn't mean to, she would say, yeah, but you didn't mean not to. And Ouch. yeah. And, and, <laughs> and like where I understand why she was saying that and what she, what she was meaning, but for a kid who, you know, she's trying to teach thoughtfulness, I guess, mm-hmm. like it was the point of that, but it was, you know, looking back at that, I think 
probably really the wrong way to go about it by just trying to hammer home that someone should always basically like I, I kind of felt like I was walking on eggshells all the time and not that uh, I guess that's a bit of an exaggeration but I I frequently felt that way um, and I always had to be super 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 thoughtful and and there were times when I wasn't sure if what I was doing was going to be uh, perceived as you know disrespectful or whatever and I genuinely as a kid just wasn't thinking about it right you know? and that was her point and that was her trigger honestly and I think it would have been much more productive had she said had she just talked to me about the way that she felt when these things were happening and you know talked about solutions maybe um I don't know, gone through different ways of saying things. I'm not sure, you know? Yeah, I think one of the, you know, key things here is that by handling it this way, um, one of the most important things you're doing in that moment is modeling emotional intelligence to your children. Mm -hmm. You're modeling how they, how you want them to eventually handle their relationships. Um, and I think about that often, you know, even just with my friendships or marriage or whatever, what am I modeling to my daughter? Is this how I want her to handle conflict resolution with her future spouse and things like that? Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. Um, and just, you know, assuming the best about your child. Yeah. Well, and they don't want to have friction between you and them and they're not thinking they're not weighing the pros and cons especially when they're very little um and I mean I often don't weigh the pros and cons honestly as an adult but when they're little they're not sitting there thinking okay if I say this right now then it's going to land in a bad way and here are all the consequences to that but if we if we don't respond in such a triggered way because oftentimes they're doing it because they're triggered. So they're not really open to a, a harsh word or, or a lecture or anything at that point. But if we can respond calmly and work through it with them, then if we can maintain self-control um, and kind of make the space um, rather than feeding into the, the chaos, then it can also give them the space to work through the emotion that they had initially as mm -hmm. well. Because if you're working towards reconciliation and you're explaining, hey, when you did this, this is how I felt about it, they can, I mean, I feel like there's kind of just a natural opening for for the next step for them to be like, oh, well, I did this because of this. And that's something you can work through. Mm -hmm. That really makes me think of just one of the tools that I've been coming up with in my mind lately as I've been thinking through a lot of the issues that we see in the group and uh, I just hear from people that message me and just random things throughout the day. Um, one tool that I think people really don't um, think about enough and it would be so great is with especially with older kids is really sitting down and problem solving and inviting them into the process you know like and I think that's one of the things that really bothers me about the saying yeah well you didn't mean not to it's like okay well maybe that's true but I'm a kid and I'm learning and you know like now I'm on the defensive and so are you and it's way more adversarial Mm -hmm. And 
if you make space, like you were saying, Sam, for conversation about what happened, it's so much more productive and it feels to the child and to you like we can both say what we need to say. Because if you say to someone, you hurt my feelings, yeah, I didn't mean to, yeah, well, you didn't mean not to, then you're totally not even letting that person talk about why they may have done the thing that hurt your feelings. Yeah. You're not getting to the root of anything. I think that's something to consider too as parents is that we're in a position in which we can easily shut our kids down. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be the ones to give them the space to do that, to work through it with us. Um, because we're the bigger, older ones in authority and we can abuse that authority so easily. So I think mm-hmm. that's an important thing to keep in mind is to intentionally give them the space to work through it with you um, yeah. and be willing to apologize when, when you don't handle it well either and, and model humility to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Well, and if you end up punishing every time whether they are disrespectful or you feel disrespected, you're shutting down the opportunity for teaching moments. And in those teaching moments are, especially when they feel they can trust us and they feel like they can, they're secure in working through their own emotions on what happened, empathizing with you and everything. I mean, those are perfect opportunities to take them to scripture and remind them what God says about how we use our words and how we view other people. Um, It's just... I feel like if you, like, I hate you. Okay, go to your room. That's, there's no openness there. There's, there's no, right. There's really no trust anymore because if you have a feeling and you say it, which I mean, often happens with right now, our four-year-old is, is very, very open and straightforward. Um, but <laughs> most, most of the time, if, if I don't react and I just work through it with her, she's really empathetic towards me. Um, can tell me what upset her in the first place and we can talk about what God wants us to do. What are some ways that we handle it in the moment? Cause it happens. It does, especially with little people who don't have any impulse control. They say <laughs> all kinds of things. Okay. So, <laughs> how do we handle it in the moment? I think one thing we've mentioned is, you know, walking away if you need to um, taking a deep breath, Reminding yourself that, you know, they don't have the impulse to control yet or not that that justifies what they're saying, but um, may help you be patient with them. Helping them to identify the emotion has been really helpful over here. Um, I see that you're having some really big feelings right now. And oftentimes with our four-year-old in particular, she'll basically be like, yes, I am. I'm very angry. But I mean, (laughs) then she's telling me how she's feeling rather than continuing to, (laughs) to kind of give that anger. Yeah. Lash out at me. And, um, and then you can be like, wow, well, why do you feel so angry or how can I help you? Or, I mean, even sports casting can be helpful. Um, I feel like the smaller they are, the more that can be helpful because they can kind of take a few steps back. But my seven year old's just disinterested. In <laughs> I've tried to do it with him. But. Yeah. So those are some good tools for handling it in the moment. Um, and then, you know, after the fact, just having like Katie was saying an open dialogue 
welcoming, welcoming their feelings, um, not trying to stop them from feeling that way. You know, this is one thing I did want to mention, and that is that in Christian circles, I think a lot of times, and I understand why, but a lot of times what happens is this happy face and happy heart thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Where <laughs> it's just, you know, like you're not allowed to say how you feel, but you're also not allowed to feel how you feel. And that's Lest it be sinful. Yeah. Yeah. That's just not, that's just not realistic for starters, but it's also not biblical. Um, I challenge anyone who does think that's biblical to read all 150 Psalms. Um, because truly like expressing emotion is not unbiblical. Um, there are expressions of emotion that can be, and that's what we're saying. We need to work through those things. We need to, but expecting perfection from your four and five and six year old in this front, that's just not realistic. I think the modeling is really important and then working through it with them, um, working through that expression of emotion without discounting the feeling itself because the way that they were feeling in the moment that they were upset or angry, what have you was very real to them. Um, and that matters. That's a big deal. That's what relationships are built on is vulnerability. And that's, that's Mm -hmm. what they're trying to express to you in very imperfect ways. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Well, and I think that that just makes me think of when kids say things like really extreme, like I hate you or things that are really, really unkind and how it's so tempting to go right for that, right for the like, no, you don't or, well, don't say that to me. Yeah. Don't say that to me Um, instead of recognizing that this child is experiencing really big feelings right now and no it's not okay to just tell someone you hate them but in that moment it's not going to be the time to address the words mm-hmm. it's the, you have to meet someone in the emotion they're in and go from there like bring it down you have to de-escalate the situation and de the you know going straight for the like don't say that to me you know completely ignoring the fact you know this makes me think of like if i said that to cornet if i said that to anyone else like their first thought would be like whoa like why mm-hmm. Do you, are you feeling this way you know and i know yeah. that for a lot of parents it like that is like one of the things that they think like, oh, they're so hurt by it. But it's more like, I'm so hurt. My kids said they hate me. It's not a really deep uh, introspective, not just introspective, but like, like introspective, like inspecting the other person's feelings, you know, yeah. of like, why are you feeling such intense things right now? Right. Like, let's and, go there. And yeah, I think it if, just, I mean, if, sorry, go, go ahead, Sam. I was going to say, if, like you're saying, if you said that to your husband, I know if I said that to my husband, I mean, he might be really upset, but his main goal in responding would be to make sure I was okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, if we have such big feelings like that, most of the adults in our life, unless they're kind of dysfunctional or toxic, honestly, I think would be like, whoa, are you 
like what's what's going on yeah, let's like let's sit down here. and yeah, talk about on? this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah like okay let's figure out what what brought us to this point right yeah you know and that's kind of what i was getting at too is that you know as adults we have their wherewithal about us to not say things like that um a lot of times you know in the moment too kids just don't have the emotional vocabulary to say to express how big their feelings are. So I think a lot of times mm. they go to the most drastic thing they can think of. Um, they feel really out of control, most likely. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think I was telling this to someone uh, in the group, actually, or maybe it was a different group, I'm not sure. Um, but that a lot of the times kids will say, I don't like that person. I don't like that new person, even though they've never met them. Not because they actually have any idea what that other person is like, but the new situation is uncomfortable for them. And so Mm -hmm. it gets translated, I don't like that person. Or I don't like being around a whole bunch of new people turns into, I don't like these kids, you know? And the same thing can, depending on the age, can happen between you know you and your kid if they're so angry with you or they're really frustrated at something you're doing it's a really big anger that's directed at you you Mm -hmm. know and that comes out as I hate you and they don't actually hate you but you know think of those times when you get so seething angry at someone and you have words for it you know they don't oftentimes Well, I think that was a really good and helpful discussion on the issue of disrespect. Um, And I hope it was helpful, especially to those of you who may be newer to gentle parenting and are just thinking through this issue of disrespect, maybe for the first time um, in this way, um, or just a good reminder for those of you who've been gentle parenting for a long time um, and are still in the trenches. So we will talk to you next time. Thanks so much for listening to Tending Lambs. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please join our Facebook group, Tending Lambs Community Group. You can follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash tendinglambs, and find the show notes page and lots of other gentle parenting resources at our website, tendinglambs.com. Until next time. Mm -hmm.